Peace, and we're live. Part of Relationships Radio Show is copyrighted. No one is to use any part of the show without express written consent from myself, Greg Tuzinski, or the Art of Relationships. Thank you. Licensed Relationship and Sex Counselor, Greg Dzinski's, also known as Master G, the Art of Relationships will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners and help him with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, but to some of us, he is simply known as Master G. Greg Dzinski, Detroit's love guru. Welcome, everybody. Hopefully, everybody's having a good evening. Michelle Cheyenne, you already checked in, which is very, very cool. Um, Hopefully, uh, Jennifer, hey, what's up? Let me know if the audio, everything else is going clear. I want to make sure we have uh, a lot of rain, high winds here in Detroit uh, this evening. So I want to make sure everything is uh, clear. And the audio is coming across uh, very well. So everybody, uh, let me know if you can hear me okay. The audio, I know my voice sucks, but make sure I want to make sure that the audio is okay. Tonight, um, uh, at the beginning, I want you to be able to uh, give me a call. Um, doesn't matter what the subject matter is of tonight's show, actually of any night's show. Um, give me a call, 313 313- Six one four nine four nine eight. Again, three one three six one four nine four nine eight. And you will be anonymous. I will not ask you your name. I'm not being rude. I'm not being, uh, you know, a jerk or anything like that. I'm just protecting your privacy. Whatever. If you want to, hey Julie, welcome. Awesome. Thank you so much for letting me know that the audio, everything is going good so far. And um, you can. Let me, uh, you know, give me a call. You can enter your questions down below. I will not mention your name unless you give me permission to use it, okay? Again, I want to protect your privacy and protect your, you know, confidentiality, if you will, as well. So, people, you're going to hear me mention names throughout this evening, throughout every show. They have given me permission to use their name a long time ago, okay? So that's why you hear their name. I'm not being rude if I don't mention your name. Um, it's just based on um, you giving me permission or not. If you give me permission, I'll use your name. No big deal, okay? Um, tonight we are going to be talking about why did you stop? A little post I did earlier uh, earlier today was looking at, you know, what do you do to keep the passion going? I've done numerous shows about this, but I want to get more specific um you know i want to get more specific about what you do to enliven the passion in your relationship and to keep it going a lot of people you know when relationships start out they might be hot heavy horny (laughs) um but what are you doing to keep that going not only that to keep the respect going to stop taking each other for granted and, you know, to enliven the relationship as a whole. So we're going to get into that as well. So please, again, let me know your questions down below, okay, in the live chat. Again, check out my website, theartofrelationships.org. You can even get my ebook of uh, the newest book I have out, Love's Essence, The Relationship Guide, Uh For only like a buck, 99 cents. So you can go to my website, uh, be able to download it right away for less than a buck. Well, we'll say a buck, okay? And uh, I love feedback. Uh, Give me feedback on that. Any uh, constructive criticism, you like it, you hate it. Greg, you should have done this. You shouldn't have been used such uh, adult, vulgar, colorful language, if you will. 
And uh, I want to adjust this. Sorry about that, people. But, yeah, let me know. I want to hear your feedback on everything else that's going on. Jennifer's in the house. I wonder where your hubby is, uh, Tim. Uh, But we're going to go. What do you do to enliven those aspects? And later on, I want to talk about maybe things that scare the hell out of men and even women, too, about going through menopause and... You know, what does that do as far as hormonal changes? You know, they deplete, let's face it, estrogen levels. And women that even in their, you know, mid-30s, early early 30s, early mid-30s, 40s, whatever, that have a, you know, a full hysterectomy, not a partial, but a full where they remove everything, the ovaries, everything, that puts you almost full-blown, not almost, it puts you full-blown into menopause. It might hit a month after that. So I'm going to get into some maybe aspects that can help you out through that and men to be more empathetic when your lady is going through menopause, what you can do. I know a lot of men, because of the mood changes, everything else, to be able to, uh, you know what, (laughs) do you want to run away and uh, come back when menopause is over, done with? I'm laughing, but it's not funny, okay? Why am I laughing then, right? You know, I respect that, and one individual just mentioned that that's her, that she's going through that. I get that. We get into, you know, the vaginal dryness and, you know, the mood uh, swings, and I'm going to give some insights and to try to help those elements, and that might, you know, maybe deter the night sweats, the chills, all those elements. So we're going to get into that. That came earlier today as a um, suggestion or actually you know, a request, if you will, about a show topic earlier in the day from a friend of mine. Uh, So we're going to get into that later on. But I want to know, what are you doing to, you know, why does the affection, you know, the attention, the listening attributes, why do they stop in your relationship? And what do you do to keep the passion going, to keep the love going? And looking at, you know, Everything when you start a relationship, everything's great, everything's hot, horny, all those aspects. You love each other, you watch what you say, you show a little bit of you know respect and everything else that goes on for each other. So, why does that stop? Right? Is it because you take each other for granted? You get so comfortable within you know yourself within the relationship. Do you? I think a lot of people don't even pay attention to, you know, what they're doing, what goes on. It just it sort of sneaks up on you and bites you in the ass, if you will, and pretty soon you're not feeling loved. You're not feeling appreciated. You're not even feeling desired. Now, you know, not only that, you get married or live together, and, you know, you decide to have kids or oops, oh, shit, <laughs> you know what, I'm pregnant, and you decide to have kids what happens that, you know what, it kills the passion. It kills the, you know, electricity between you two because, let's face it, you get tired. You get overwhelmed, you know, working, overwhelmed, stressed about the bills. Now you have more expenses with diapers, maybe child care. You look at all those elements that create a lot of problems, and I get, you know, we can sit there and excuse and rationalize why the passion, why the attention between the couple dies. But my my premises and what I promote, it does not have to. Yes, it does take work, okay? You're already saying, Greg, I'm already overwhelmed, right, with kids dealing with the, the in-laws, the outlaws, you know, trying to schedule everything else. We don't sleep. We only get a couple hours of sleep. You know, we got kids. We're running here, running there. My premises and always has been, if you've been listening to the show for a couple years now, is that the relationship needs to come first big time. Then the kids, you know, follow in suit. That doesn't mean you ignore the kids. But I want to know specifically, what are you doing to maintain the connection? What are you doing to maintain the affection and the passion in your relationship, right? When that dies, when you start feeling like, you know, you're just friends, which is great. But if you just feel like you're friends and it's just a business, a relationship, how you manage the household, how you manage the kids and all that, you know what? That's fine and dandy. It's a 
great distraction, but you know what? Does that mean your love? Does that mean your desire? Does it mean, you know, what brought the kids into the world to begin with? Was it YouTube by choice, by accident, whatever, but you still decided to have those kids and, you know, what happened? Step families, you know, I need to do a show. I need to write that down so I don't forget to do a show on maybe step family dynamics and how to do that. And it's ironic because this coming Saturday here in uh, a county north of Detroit, Macomb County, uh, is their annual parenting awareness month. So it's their uh, annual parenting awareness uh, seminar. I don't know what you want to seminar, workshop, extravaganza event. And I'm actually doing a seminar there uh, on divorce and co-parenting. I don't want people to be in that situation. I want people to maintain a healthy, happy, passionate relationship and not go through divorce, okay? That Or, you know, a breakup. And you know what? We're... But when it happens, you know, what do you do to co-parent and to be cordial to one another for the best interest of the kid without, you know what, being a doormat and sticking up for yourself, okay? But my premise is I want you to be able to share the passion, to keep the passion going. And what are you doing to enliven those elements to, you know, so that doesn't happen? Or in my premise earlier today on a Facebook post, what are you doing? Are you always waiting for your partner to make the first move? You know what? Well, he's not hugging me. He's not embracing me. He don't even touch me. He don't even kiss me. The only time he wants that is when he wants to bang me or, you know, have sex. But other than that, there's no romanticism. There's no, you know, sensuality. He only, when he wants to have sex, fine, he pays me attention. Or, her, too. It's not gender bias. Everyone assumes men are like that, but it's women, too. We get exhausted. You know, both men, they get stressed. They get over bills, over, you know, finance. Here, I got to take care of a kid or two now on top of the marriage or relationship. And how you work together as a team, that's important. But you also want to do status checks as far as where your partner is in the relationship and also... You know what? Are they feeling loved? Are you feeling desired? How often do you even check in with each other? How often do you even check in to find out that they they are feeling desired? They are feeling loved. And how often do you use the excuse, ooh, maybe a reality, I'm exhausted, I'm overwhelmed, I have no energy for sex, and why is that? Is that because you're cutting yourself too thin, maybe with the kids, with other relatives, and what is, else is going on in those elements? So I want to know, what are you doing to touch your partner to enliven and keep the passion going that you want to touch? It? You want to be, you know, are you asking to cuddle? Are you, you know, even touching the partner? Are you doing a little booty squish, you know, grabbing each other's booties, whatever? What about even, you know, just holding each other, embracing each other? Just going up to each other and kissing each other and not just a peck on the cheek, right? That could be fine. That could be dandy, right? But a peck on the cheek just turns into maybe a killed, it turns into a routine. It turns into maybe out of habit instead of that you're actually, oh, you're feeling it, right? I want to know, you know, what are you doing? Not maybe I want to know. I want you to know what you're doing and what you can do to kick that up a notch and actually what you need from your partner to, you know, kick that passion and keep it going that you know not only that you have each other's backs emotionally that you're there, but also the physical element helps trigger and enliven and keep the passion going for all times. Yeah, we know medical conditions. We know, you know, I I have a couple this evening I saw you know, that he works, got switched to midnights, and she works days. And how do you maintain the passion everything when you work different shifts or one gets traveling for business? You can still do that. When was the last time, you know, we're talking about this in um, human sexuality today, earlier today when I taught about how many, and actually there's majority of women in the class other than two gentlemen and then myself, 
Lisa, welcome. That were, you know, what do you do to maintain the passion in your relationship? It was sort of a, a pre-core to tonight's radio show, and it sort of tied in with, you know, human sexuality and the relationship dynamics that we're touching on. And I asked, how many women do you send or do you write a love note to your significant other, right? How many, and it was funny, it's sort of sad, not one woman in the class, ranging from 18 to probably mid-50s, okay? They range in, how many women do you write a love note to their significant other, right? Their partner, their man, boyfriend, husband, doesn't matter. Out of, let's say, there were 16, 17 women in the class today, only one said, I do that to my boyfriend. I write him love notes. I lo- write him all this stuff. And one, one also said, well, I text him different things. You know what? And you look at how many women are looking for the man, and they always bash the man to look at, you know what? He needs to buy me flowers. He needs to write love notes. He needs to be able to look at those elements to know, um, you know, the elements that, you know, he needs to feel special. He needs to feel appreciated. He needs to feel desired too. And how many of you are always waiting for your partner? And this goes for men too. And this attribute to how many of you are waiting for your partner to make the first move. You know what? I'm not doing anything until they do it. Then pretty soon you both are left. You're not doing anything. You both, now you're wondering why, you know what? You don't feel desired. You don't feel loved. And the passion dies in the relationship because you are waiting for the other one. I'm not doing anything until they do. You have this sort of uh, arrogance or stubbornness, maybe narcissism, that goes on. That Not that you are, but it's just those attributes to be able to carry on those elements and what kills the relationship because you are waiting for them to make the first move, right? To write you a love letter before you or bring you flowers or bring you, you know, put a little sticky note. I love you. You're beautiful. Vicky is in the house, Miss Vicky Lee, talented artist out of uh, Wisconsin. Welcome. I think it's been a while since you've been in here. So I want to, um, you know, what are you doing instead of waiting for your partner to do it? Can you trigger? Can you enliven yourself to do that, you know, when was the last time you wrote your partner a love note? You know what? I desire you. I can't wait to kiss you. I can't wait to rip your clothes off. You know what? I love you. Or show appreciation in a love note. Um, do kind gestures for your partner instead of looking at the element to where you're, you know what? I'm not doing anything because they don't. Maybe they're waiting for you to do it. I'm not saying that's justified. I'm not saying that is a legitimate excuse. I want both of you. Now, if you both do that, phenomenal. But what is getting in the way of you doing that? What is getting in the way of you taking the lead and you taking the initiative of doing that? And it was ironic, like I said, in the human sexuality class earlier today, only one woman said she writes love notes, love letters to her boyfriend. Another one said, oh, I do text messages or used to do text messages, you know, when she was in a prior relationship, different things. That's great. That's, you know, that's dandy. It's awesome. But how many of you, you stop doing that? And not to get, you know, we'll get into gender roles and all this. Stuff. That's the guy's job. That's the guy's job to keep, you know, courting me, to keep, you know, me entice whatever what the hell are you doing ladies to entice your man and to keep that going are you showing him affection are you showing him whatever or does it turn into a tit for tat and that let's face it it's going to kill the passion big time people and you know i'm all about you know if you're doing what you need you're going up to embrace him you're going up to initiate the kissing to touching them you know, hugs and all that aspects to initiate the compliments. That is awesome. He needs to do that too. He needs to follow up. I'm not saying it's the one thing I would love. And Greg's perfect war of fantasy land, both of you would initiate that. Both of you would be doing what you're supposed to do to make the other person feel 
special, to feel beautiful, to feel handsome, to feel sexy. Ooh, yeah, baby. How many people, when was the last time you made your man or your lady, guys listening, feel sexy, right? And how do you do that? Do you even have a clue what they need? And you look at, you know, when you first started dating and getting into a relationship, what were you doing then to make the person feel important, to make them feel desired? Well, Greg, I got kids now. I got work and I got this. I hear it all the time. I hear it daily in my office here in Detroit. You know what? I look at it. You know what? You put so much effort into your job, uh, getting a promotion, maybe going to school. You put so much effort into being a parent. I give you props. Terrific. But if you don't put a balanced effort into your relationship, the passion is going to die and you're left wondering, you know, after a while, you know, one day turns into a week, turns into a month and it, you know what, it, let's face it, it kills the passion and you're wondering after a time frame, you're wondering what the hell happened. How do we get to that point? I'm guilty of it. I, I've been there myself where, you know, maybe I'm not feeling a certain way. I'm not feeling loved. I'm not feeling, you know, desired. And then what happens is, you know what? I back away. I get so, you know, I get withdrawn. And I, I'm, I'm honest. I tell, you know, if I don't feel a certain way, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to talk about it. That's just me. I'm open. I, I want to try to resolve the issues. And, and if that person still doesn't care, you know what? I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to back out. We're in trouble. But if you keep waiting for your partner to make the first move and make you feel loved and appreciated, I want you to flip that script and to, you know what, to look at what are you doing? Are you sitting back and being sort of reactive instead of being proactive and keeping the passion, keeping the, the love life and the fire going big time, okay? Um, Annetta, welcome. You know, I'll get a, a huge prop to Annetta. We need to, oh my God, I there is an event uh, coming in downtown Detroit. There are a bunch of, uh, I want to say, exotic, erotic authors from Detroit. I'm going to be there. Uh, with my book that is going to be at the 211 Lounge March 18th. And for you ladies that are in Metro Detroit area, I'm going to love it because there's going to be a lot of ladies there. Um, But you ladies might also love it um, that there's going to be male dancers, right? And if there's a special treat, if another lets me, maybe I'll dance. No, hell no. You don't want to see me. (laughs) I'm teasing right i'll be out there shaking my booty no i'm not wearing a thong that's not my thing so i'm gonna have anetta she um shared uh the memo about it a flyer and everything on my facebook and i'm gonna ask her to sort of share that again so people can still buy tickets and everything else that's gonna be march 18th here downtown detroit actually next block over from my office so if uh Maybe if I get uh, paid enough money, maybe I'll be able to dance, whatever, and everybody will laugh and laugh at me and joke around <laughs> uh, big time, okay? So uh, that's going to be March 18th. So I want to give uh, a shout-out to Annetta for setting that up and everything. It's going to be a blast. Going to be, uh, And we're going to have uh, not only myself be offering, I'll have my books there for signing and everything else. There's going to be a bunch of other authors, too, uh, with you know exotic uh, romance novels and area Detroit authors, so it's going to be really cool. A huge plug for Detroit and the area authors as well. So I want to give a huge prop out to that. Now, and you also can get on to the element to where I am looking at. Um, oh, no, no, no! Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. But thank you as well for uh, having me along too. It's going to be fun. But you look at the element to where. You know, with the passion. And in my book, Love's Essence, The Relationship Guide, I talk about, you know, keeping the passion going and what are you doing. It does take work. We get overwhelmed. I, I get it. We get tired. We all have bad days. You need to suck it up. You need to look at, you know, what are you doing, even though you're tired and everything else. Maybe your life is out of balance, right? Something's got to give. And it's ironic how how many times... The relationship is the one to suffer. The relationship or marriage is the one to suffer 
because everything else is a priority, right? The kids, the work, um, maybe other families, other, you know, those elements, whatever, okay? Those are left, and you need to look at the element. Uh Uh-oh, hopefully I'm not losing uh, signal or anything else. There might be some delay or something going on So uh, with the weather aspect. So I want to um, look, make sure everything's going okay. So keep me up to date, people. If you can, um, you know, chime in or just drop a note, say everything's fine on your end, the audio and the video feed are going smooth, okay? Now, I am going to take a little breather, um, and we'll come back. Do not go anywhere, okay? I'm going to be back live. I'm just going to take a little breather, play a little song, and then uh, we'll be back shortly. This is the Art of Relationships radio show, my website, theartofrelationships.org, and you can uh, get my book on ebook on my website for only 99 cents. The paperback version is available on Amazon. Again, that's Love's Essence, the Relationship Guide, okay? And I will be back shortly. Thank you. An embarrassment, one crazy bitch, but she's lovely. And she's addictive. My nicotine, the one from my dreams in the morning. And she's vindictive. She makes me wish that girls like this. Warning and we drive each other absolutely insane. But it would be a crime for us to stay away. So I sick of leaving. Can I have this dance? There won't be romance and spiteful connection. We'd take my hand and we could pretend that there will never ever be any problems. When I look into her eyes, I forget them. Live people, this is the Art of Relationships radio show, and I'm your host, Greg Dzinski, Detroit's love guru, ooh, licensed professional counselor here in the state of Michigan in private practice. Again, you check out my website, theartofrelationships.org. Um, 
I appreciate it. Every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, the Art of Relationships radio show live on Facebook and also uh, live on the Spreaker, Spreaker app, Spreaker.com, SoundCloud, and there's a few other ones as well. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, It's my passion uh, big time to help other people out there to have dynamic, loving, passionate relationships, and not just short-term, long-term. I, you know, we all go ebb and flow throughout, you know, relationships, long-term relationships. There's an ebb and flow about that. And the more we understand that, the more we, you know, accept that, not the bad stuff, but accept that the ebb and flow and how we work together. Hey, Mr. Dickinson, Chris, welcome. It's about time you show up, man. No, <laughs> but we look at the situation to where, you know, the ebb and flow of relationships and how we, you know, sort of get one another, how we enliven each other. But more importantly, you know, that we're not afraid to rock the boat. We're not afraid to bring up stuff when we have issues going on in a relationship. You know what? I miss our passion instead of taking it for granted. You know, I had a client a while ago, probably a year ago, that, you know, a couple that come in and she made a comment that just sort of, let's face it, it irked me. I get it. I hear this often. You know what, Greg? You know what? Over time, passion and intimacy and sex, it's supposed to go away, you know, in long-term relation. I said, why is that? Because society says it is? That's BS. It only goes away because you allow it to go away and you don't do the work to keep it going. You don't keep, you know, we take each other for granted. Maybe we, you know, they, he loves me, she loves him, you know, or he loves her type of thing, and you take it for granted. But this is the show that I want to talk about keeping that passion going, and what do you do to keep that going? This is for both men and women, not a gender bias, not bashing one gender or another. People know me. I, I hate stereotypes. I hate gender stereotypes, as for, except for two. I do agree with that. But most of the time, you look at as the individual person, how are you as an individual man? How are you as an individual woman? And forget about the gender stereotypes, but all men are this, all women are that. Forget about that. You know what? All women love love notes. All women love flowers. No, they don't. Some men like getting flowers. Some Men love getting love notes too. So you have to get at and get keyed in, get clued in to what your partner needs to keep the passion going, to keep the fire burning for you. Yes, it does take work and it takes passion. But if you don't make your partner feel important, you know what? Well, somebody else might, right? I don't ever condone it. I don't excuse it. I just look at so many couples where there's cheating and affairs going on, you know, what causes them. And I try to prevent that. I want you to look at what can you do to make your partner feel loved and appreciated and desired, right? Not only that, I want your partner to do the same for you. Again, it's not one-sided. It's both of you working together to, you know, kick up the intimacy, to kick up the passion, whatever, And a lot of times when we don't feel that, we withdraw, we get argue, we argue about the simple, stupidest things. So things that you can do before we get into the menopause aspect, um, you know, are, can you, you know, hug each other? Can you kiss each other? Write little love notes. You know what? Little sticky notes. I love you on the mirror. Um, And we're talking about different, you know, things that you might like, you know, your partner might like just the simple things, you know, a little, you know, grab them in the butt. How many guys would like their butt grab? Hey, Chris, would you like your butt grab by your wife? Um, you know, those type of things to make them feel sexy, to make her feel sexy and beautiful and desired. When that starts happening, you start losing respect for each other. You start taking each other for granted. Then the emotional disconnect kicks in. Then, of course, when that kicks in, let's face it. The passion dies, right? Passion, the intimacy level, emotional and physical intimacy goes right down the toilet. I want you to avoid that and look at, you know, if you start sensing it, you start feeling it, I want you to jump on it right now. I want you to address it right now so it doesn't go beyond da-da-da. We all have bad days, right? 
we have that. We have bad days. But if you start seeing a pattern kicking up, one bad day turns into a week, a month, whatever, I want you to be able to jump on it and handle it and also be mature enough and confident enough. You know what? If your partner is honest with you, you know what? I want more passion. I, I feel rejected. I feel, well, I'm tired. I'm this. I'm that. How many people have been there and they come up with all these excuses? They come up with all these logical reasons and rational reasons. I, right? It's easy. I get it. Logical excuses, right? I'm tired. The kids, da 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 da. Well, what can you do? I'm ex- okay. Maybe your partner can say, man or woman, right? What can I do to help you not be so overwhelmed and not be so burdened? What can I do to help out? And concentrate so we have time to concentrate on us to reignite that passion and keep it going. That's huge, right? How many people want that? (laughs) I still, people are scared to death to give me a call. 313-614-9498. Heidi, welcome. Amy, welcome. Very cool. Welcome. Thanks for joining again, people. And throw your questions, your comments below. I'd love to hear or get some feedback. What are you doing to enliven your relationship, your love life, to keep the passion going? Or if it's died, what are you doing to reignite it, right? What are you doing to kick it up before it gets dead? Let's face it, okay? Sometimes we, you know, after a certain while, some people, you know what? I don't even care anymore. That is a sure tale sign that your relationship is getting very, very close to dying, okay? When someone starts not caring about that, they don't, you know, they're, they're set up and they're, they blunt themselves. They block themselves out from feeling, you know, they don't want to feel desire because they know they're not going to get it. They, they don't feel loved or respected. And those aspects where you get in a situation where, you know what, I don't even want to feel that anymore because I know I'm going to get rejected. I'm going to get disappointed. They don't even care about me or my feelings. And when they start feeling like they don't even care, don't even hurt anymore, I'm going to tell you it's a very, very difficult road to repair. Even with, um, you know, couples in my office, you know, over many years, I've been doing this a long time now, I get the situation to where, you know what, it gets to that point. Now, I'm going to tell you, even from, you know, I bust my ass to kick it up. But once it's dead, it's very, very difficult to have somebody because they don't want to get set up again where, you know what, it's going to last a week or two, and then we're going to go back in there. I guard against that. So I want you to look at what you can do to kick that passion up. And also, you know what, have your partner take responsibility in what they can do to maintain that passion and what you need to feel special, important. You know what? The kids, I get, you know, I keep coming, the kids, the work, overwhelm. You know, we have a sick relative we're taking care of. I get all that. But when it comes down to it, you know what? You have to make that relationship a priority again overall. And when it doesn't, you know what? Your partner is going to feel lonely. They're going to feel everything else, the kids, work, other family members, friends, whatever, are going to be more important and more a priority to you than they are. And that's sad, okay? It's sad. And that's one thing. When we have a bleeding heart and we want to take care of everybody else and not our relationship, that's not a healthy thing. And you're wondering why your partner cheats on you, why they you know, want a divorce or why they want to break up. And you, oh, I do this, I'm kind. You are kind. Maybe you're too kind. Maybe you're spreading yourself too thin and not putting yourself in the dedication and showing the passion in your relationship or marriage, okay? Um, Annetta, you mentioned um, after 16 years of marriage, we try to keep things fresh in many different ways. You know what? That's awesome. And it doesn't always have to be. Um, everyone talks about you know the newness and everyone talks about how you keep things fresh. And I think you do by emotionally connecting Touching is huge, and those things, spending time together, and it's not that you're spending time together, you're sitting on the couch, and she's on her phone, and you're on your phone, but you're sitting next to each other, 
That's not being together, you know, even talking, even old-fashioned board games where you can communicate and talk and you're paying attention to each other and not electronic devices, whatever. So, you know, a lot of people, it doesn't mean you can keep things fresh. doesn't mean you have to always go on vacation all the time. It doesn't mean you have to get into whips and chains and all that stuff. You know, keeping things fresh means maybe doing the things that you used to do before when you felt loved and you felt um, important and desired that you couldn't wait to freaking feel each other's naked bodies anymore. How freaking hot is that, right? Um, Anetta, I agree with you big time that touching is number one. Uh, it, I love it. You know, I love to be touched. I want to I wanna feel touched. I want to feel I love the silkiness of the lady's skin, uh, that type of element. I love that connection, the physical and the emotional elements, you know, big time, okay? So it's important, you know, challenge yourself to make the relationship and your partner a priority, okay? And it is a balancing act. I'm not saying it's freaking easy. It might not be. We get tired, we get overwhelmed. But you need to do and look at what is important to you to maintain and have a good, healthy relationship, right? You have to put in the effort. And I want your partner to put in the effort too. And if they're not willing to put in that effort, they're not willing to do that, then maybe you're with the wrong partner. You've heard me say that on numerous shows before, right? You need to do the assessment. You know what? I'm doing the work. Now I want them to do the work too, okay? It's a balance. Sometimes you're doing more work than they are. Sometimes they're doing more work in the relationship than you are. It's a balancing act. But when one partner is doing majority of the work 90% of the time, ooh, you know what? That partner's going to get resentment. They're not going to want passion. They're not going to even want it. The resentment's going to come in, anger, all that stuff kicks in, and it's just going to go down the toilet even more, okay? Um, now, we want to switch gears as a special request is talking about menopause. I don't know how many people, how many ladies are listening or watching to the show um, that are in menopause, that are premenopausal, or maybe they're on the verge, you know, they're reaching their maybe late 40s and thinking about menopause. And I, I've dealt with, you know, women, I know women before that have been as early, you know, even in their early 30s that have been in, you know, premenopause. And you think that's early, that's early. It does happen. And also, when you're in full-blown menopause, how it affects a relationship, how it affects your sex life, okay? And looking at those dynamics, and those people, um, I know, you know, people that also have full hysterectomies that get thrown right full tilt into full-blown menopause because of a full hysterectomy, you know, the partial hysterectomy, no, you're not going to enter um menopause because you still have your ovaries or one ovary, you know, maybe both ovaries that are producing estrogen levels. Okay. But when you have your, you know, the full hysterectomy, when your ovaries, I can't even talk. (laughs) When your ovaries are removed, your estrogen levels get depleted. You know, excuse me, the ovaries are producing estrogen levels. So when those are removed, guess what happens? You know, the mood swings, the, you know, when they start tapering off the night, you know, the hot flashes, the, you know, cold sweats, those keep tripping up, right? So how sexy, how important do you do? Having a supportive partner is huge, okay? Guys, I want you to pay attention. It's not the women's fault that they're in this. I'm not saying you have to like it, guys, but I want you to get educated. I want you to learn what goes on in those situations. And when women start, you know, entering menopause or full-blown menopause or post-menopausal, they're, you know, the vaginal lubrication dries up, let's face it, okay? And there's some things that can be used, you know, there's, you know, there's, uh, you know, saline solution. There, you know, there's different things. There's water-soluble lubricants that can work and can work, you know, well. And not only that, a lot of women, we talk about, you know, not only vaginal dryness, but with menopause, what happens as women age, the lining of their vaginal walls, they get thin. 
So sex can become painful. So when you mix up with, let's face it, vaginal dryness, right? Having sex, it's almost like you're freaking freaking having sandpaper. You know, I'm thinking I don't have a vagina, but I can imagine, right? Um, You know, like having sex and it feels like sandpaper. That is not cool, right? So lubrication is huge. You know, there's, you know, silicone um, lubricants. There's oil-based lubricants. And I'm going to get into those in a bit. Um, You know, water lubricants. Everyone talks about that. Water lubricants... Uh, the one thing to help with vaginal dryness, they can benefit. But what I found with a lot of water-based lubricants is that they don't last long, right? They don't last long and they get gummy, okay, which makes it uncomfortable for sex too. And, you know, if you're in menopause, whatever, worried about pregnancy, whatever, or maybe he's fixed, um, that type of thing, or maybe even you had your tubes tied, I always recommend... It's got to be organic, 100% organic, either olive oil or my favorite, <clears throat> excuse me, is 100% grapeseed oil. Grapeseed oil is high, also olive oil, it is high in vitamin E. Vitamin E is so, it's very, very healthy for your skin, especially, you know, I'm doing a little, you know, the vaginal linings, you know, when they thin, whatever, the vitamin E is very, very healthy for your vaginal lining, not only, you know, with menopause aspects, um, but also when you're not freaking in menopause. However, I need to, with the olive oil or grapeseed oil, again, very, very important. It's got to be 100%, no additives added to it, but you cannot use them with condoms, okay? Because condoms, even though it's like a, a vegetable or a grapeseed, you know, like a fruit-based oil, natural oil, it will break down latex condoms, okay? So you can't use them. You have to use, you know, water-based lubricants with condoms, okay? So to get into that, a lot of people don't even know about, and even grapeseed oil can be a great massage oil for the boobies and the body. They feel great. Grapeseed oil is tasteless. It's odorless. So even using a little dabble, do you even going downtown? Ooh, how many ladies like to uh, sort of have their partner go downtown and sort of orally please you? And it, yeah, you can have dryness, whatever. And the grapeseed oil, like I said, it's odorless. It's tasteless. So it can be very enjoyable to both of you, Okay. Not only that, when you're going in menopause aspects, when you're looking at the mood swings, a lot of things to look at. And we all know, you know, the dangers of hormone replacement. Maybe a little bit of hormone replacement therapy can help. Now, you have to do a history, right? Is there genetic predispositions to breast cancer, to other ovarian cancers, right? But if you have a full hysterectomy, you don't have to worry about ovarian cancer because it's done. It's out, right? But other cancers, especially, you know, breast cancers and breast cancer prevention, you know, so hormone replacement therapy can be dangerous, but little amounts might help, okay? And it also little amounts might help and also might not be harmful or a precursor to cause breast cancer. You need to talk to your OB, OB, and also maybe do a genetic makeup, do a genetic test, you know, testing to see what, you know, predispositions you might have and do a family history. Your biological mother, your biological grandmother, those type of things to be able to assess if hormone replacement, they can help with the night sweats, they can help with the, the cold sweats until you're full blown. Another thing I recommend, and it's worked very, very well for probably 85 to 90% of the women that I know. And this goes for African-American women, white women, Asian women, doesn't matter, is black cohosh. And it's spelled, cohosh is spelled C-O-H-O-S-H. I highly recommend that for a lot of women. Another thing, it's maybe a little dangerous, is D-E-A, okay, or DHEA, I'm sorry, DH, I forgot the H. It can um, be beneficial for women with the mood swings and uh, uh, the, you know, the mood swings, the 
dryness a little bit. And also, you know, the night sweats and I, the, you know, cold sweats, the night sweats, the sweating, all that aspects, it can help with those aspects. But you might want to only take the DHEA once a week. You got to be careful because some of it can be a little bit dangerous. So you don't want to overuse it. And black cohosh. And if there's any debate, any questions, I always recommend you talk to your OB about those aspects. And you have some doctors that do not like natural methods, natural, you know, vitamins, minerals. So attributes as far as, you know, vitamin, mineral, black cohosh, you know, DHEA, they might guard against it because they're all medical community and they're all this, they're all that, whatever. You you know, check with a lot of, um, you know, check with your OB, about that too. I'm all, I'd rather have you safe, you know, than have complications coming out. But those elements can help you with those, you know, issues, okay? Not only that, with the mood swings, a mild sometimes with the mood swings and even um, the hot and cold flashes going through menopause, one attribute where a lot of people don't know of are SSRI. People are, they're mild antidepressants. You know, they're Zoloft, Celexa, um, Lexapro, I don't really recommend for that. But usually the Celexa, the Zoloft, sometimes Paxil a little bit as well can help with those, believe it or not, they help, you know, sort of kill the night, the sweats and uh, chills and all those aspects and also help with the mood swings too. Can they help? You know, they might decrease sexual appetite, sexual desire. That's why I recommend a low dose, and those can help too, you know, if they're that bad. If nothing else is working, the black cohosh, um, those elements are not working to your liking. You know what? I recommend, you know, SSRIs, they can help those aspects too, a mild, mild dose. Yes, it is a prescription, so you have to get that from your OB or from your family doctor, Okay. But when you're full-blown menopause, let's face it, your sexual desires because of your estrogen levels are <laughs> they're gone or depleting, your sexual desire typically is going to be killed anyways, but there are some ways to get through that. And another element I hear all the time, you know what, Greg, you know, menopausal women, they're not horny, they're whatever. I, I can tell you a lot of women that are, they're past menopause and they're horny and they want a healthy sex life and they want to feel desired. They love sex. So every woman is different. You know what? There's a lot of women, a lot of women that are post-menopausal, been through it. They're horny. They want an active sex life big time. And you look at even women that are, you know, maybe in their mid-30s that have had a full hysterectomy, they want a sex life too. They want to be pleased. And not only that, you know, the sexual intimacy shared between couples, we talked about the passion at the beginning of the show, can, you know, enliven and keep that going, the passion and the emotional intimacy levels on all levels, the, you know, emotional, the soulful, the physical, of course, to keep going. So I'm all about helping you do that and getting rid of myths that people read about. You know what? Guys are thinking, oh, women's in menopause or postmenopausal. She, you know, there goes my sex life. Not, no, not, not at all. It's about educating yourself. Not only educating what you read in books or, or online articles. Some of them can be valid, but you also got to be careful where that information is coming from because it can be very biased. It can be very judgmental. And it might be, oh, man, you need to be okay with your woman not being this way. Well, maybe your wife or girlfriend is not that way. Maybe they're the exception to the rule, and you need to educate yourself and communicate with one another and what's going on and what is important to each one of you, okay? Don't be biased. Don't be judgmental. You need to get educated with doctors. Get ready to naturalists, okay? Get educated within yourself and your own body and what's going on and having, like I said, ladies, and I I preach this, I promote this to guys to have be supportive to your lady. Understand it's not their fault when they're going through menopause or even the, you know, even like I said, the full hysterectomy where the ovaries are removed as well as the uterus. It's not the lady's fault, okay? 
be supportive and educate yourself what goes on with the night sweats and how can you help those elements. You know what? How can you help that your partner, your wife, your girlfriend go through menopause or, you know, a full-blown hysterectomy and how you can be emotionally supportive, physically supportive, and being there, being understanding. And that's going to make that process of a hell of a lot easier to go through that. I'm not going to say it's going to be fully easy. I'm just saying it's going to be a lot easier, okay? When she feels supportive and she feels like you're paying attention, you get her, you understand her, and you understand she's not the enemy, but and that's not her fault. But how you can support that and manage that as a team effort, a team approach. Even when I'm talking about, you know, early ejaculation, premature ejaculation, um, you know, erectile problems with guys, I always take it as a team approach, right? It shouldn't be the guy's, you know, it's all it's his fault, it's his issue to deal with. I want that to be the issue to deal with, and you have a team concept that you're going to deal with together and you're going to support one another okay again this is greg's fantasy world this is what i try to promote with couples on a daily basis when they come in with these issues be it you know menopausal issues or erectile or you know vaginal pain disorder vaginismus all these elements to deal with as a team approach that they are your partner is not the enemy. They are not the one with the issue. It's a relationship issue, okay? And the more you feel like a team approach, just like I said at the beginning of the show, with the passion and you know what's going on when the passion dies, whatever. I want it to be a team approach. And you being a team member and you being a team aspects to look at the situation and where you know what am I doing as a teammate? You know what? What am I doing to be a better teammate and a team player to do my role in making my partner feel passionate, to feel electrified and feel loved in a relationship? But again, you need to check yourself and what are you doing? It's not always up to your partner. It's up to both of you. So you need to sort of, you know, put away your ego and put away, you know, your maybe insecurities or defensiveness and look at what are you doing to maintain the passion. What are you doing to maintain that? And also with the main menopause aspect, what are you doing to communicate your needs? And we all know, well, maybe we all don't know with the menopause aspect. There's going to be times, ladies, when you're in menopause, you're going to go crazy. Let's face it, right? Hormones are depleting. You don't know what the hell is going on. Your mood swings. You're going to be pissed off, angry bitchy one minute and maybe you know crying another minute and the place and feel not feminine anymore but i want you to communicate that with your partner and be open don't hide it don't try to deal with it all it's all up to you to deal with on your own no i want you to communicate that and i want your partner to be supportive and be understanding again like i said i teach try, people trying to be understanding to one another and to be able to look at what the hell is happening and talk to each other, okay? Be there for each other. It's not always easy. You're not, it's not a perfect world. I get that. There's going to be times where you miss, you know, you screw up, right? They're not always going to be there, whatever. But to get back, hey, you know what? I get, you know, you're human, whatever, but I need you. And that comes from both genders, it's not a woman-only, a man-only thing. It's an individual thing, and try to get clued in, okay? Um, this is the Art of Relationships radio show. Again, check out my website, theartofrelationships.org. My book, Love's Essence, it's my second book out. It's like a second edition to my first one. Um, Love's Essence, the Relationship Guide, you can... De- Get a copy for 99 cents of the ebook on my website and also the paperback version on Amazon.com. Okay, one quick thing before I say good uh, good night. We got a question. How do you effectively communicate these problems without offending your partner? It's speaking from that's a great question. I get actually asked this a lot. A lot of times it comes with, you know, we talk about delivering. I'm not one to always sugarcoat things. I want you to be honest. And you can say, you know, I don't feel loved by you. I don't feel appreciated. And I want to feel, I love you. I feel appreciated. One thing I always talk about, and I mentioned this 
um, you know, people that have listened to the show for a long time, you know, heard me say this. I'm all about, you know, people say, I love you. I adore you. You know what? You're the world to me. However, I want to feel more passion for you. I want to feel more respect from you. And right when you say, I adore you, I love you, you're my world, that lowers the defenses, okay? That lowers the defenses where you're saying, however, I don't feel loved by you. I don't feel important by you, and I want to feel that way from you, okay? So that's a quick little snippet to how you go about doing that, okay? That way it's going to sort of lower the defenses of your partner, and then you can get at the part, you know, I, I want to feel that way from you. Well, screw you, and it turns into a tip for that. No, I don't want a tip for tat. You know what? My feelings matter, and I want to feel loved, and I want to make sure you feel loved by me too. And if that partner doesn't care, doesn't give a shit anymore, then maybe you're with the wrong partner. Maybe that relationship needs to be reassessed. And again, maybe get some help. You know, you know, call me if you're in the Metro Detroit era. Not only that, um, you know what? I, I do Skype sessions. I do phone sessions where appropriate. Not everything domestic violence is- issues. I'd rather have you in my office, okay? Um, but those are some quick suggestions Everybody have a good night. Make sure to check out my website, theartofrelationships.org. Peace and love to everybody out there. Keep spreading peace and love to everybody, okay? Take care. Good night, everybody. Take care. Now that's a parking spot. Introducing the I may have underestimated the size of my car policy with accident forgiveness from American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote. Find an agent. Visit AmFam.com. Optional policy features not included in base policies. Review policy for coverages and exclusions. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.